The Boston Bruins continue to win on the ice, but off the ice, they have some problems with Milan Lucic. The Seattle Kraken are looking to bounce back after a slow start, and the Washington Capitals are finding new ways to win that doesn't just involve Alexander Ovechkin. We've got all that and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And now you can hear us on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked On NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Boston Bruins, Ian McLaren. And uh, right now, Ian, on the ice, things going very well for the Bruins, but a little hiccup off the ice. Milan Lucic uh, arrested after a domestic dispute. Mm. The Bruins had some reactions to it over the weekend. Talk to me about what happened and, and what the Bruins' reaction. How does that sit with you? Yeah, so I guess on uh, Saturday morning, there were some rumblings on, on social media that uh, something was going on with Milan Lucic off the ice, and it, and it came out later on in the day that he had indeed been arrested uh, for a domestic uh, incident. And uh, obviously, first and foremost, uh, the concern was for uh, his wife, Brittany, and for their th- three children. And uh, the biggest thing at the moment is that they are safe and uh, that they get the support that they need. Uh, that's the biggest uh, biggest consideration here for sure. And, and that was echoed by Boston Bruins captain Brad Marchand. The team was aware of what had happened and he was asked about it after the morning skate on Saturday. And he expressed the same thing. The, the Bruins are a family and that extends to uh, players partners and children and all that. And uh, he expressed obvious concern for, for Brittany Lucic, for, for the kids and even for, for Milan, who obviously uh, needs uh, some help uh, in his own right. And, you know, there will be uh, an arraignment, I believe on Monday. Um, Certainly he needs to be held accountable for his actions. He needs to uh, seek some help. Uh, So he has been placed on an indefinite leave of absence uh, by the Boston Bruins. Um, you know, it's he was brought in uh, to kind of fill in the leadership gap that was left by David Krejci and, and Patrice Bergeron retiring. Uh, there was much uh, hype about his return, not so much for what he can bring on the ice, but just uh, his personality and being a fan favorite from the Stanley Cup team back in 2011. Uh, all that's out the window at the moment. Uh, I can't see him coming back to the team anytime soon. He had been out of the lineup uh, since early in the season anyways. With the, with the foot injury, it would have been a different scene, I'm sure, in the locker room if he had been around 
more lately, uh, but that hadn't been the case. And, um, you know, they were able to put that aside and uh, focus on the game at hand and were able to beat the Montreal Canadiens on Saturday night, but certainly something that's uh, hanging over them and uh, not, not something that anybody wanted to have to, to deal with, of course. How do you think this affects Milan Lucic's future long-term? And I mean, do you think we'll see him back this season or? I mean, uh, based on what uh, is being reported about the incident, it's very hard to to imagine him being back with the Boston Bruins this season. Uh, At the very least, we have to wait and see uh, what comes of, of the charges and the court proceedings. And um, I would expect that, there could be, uh, you know, at least uh, a time in the NHL player uh, assistance program on top of that as well. Uh, but, you know, he was kind of a a fringe lineup guy as it was, yeah, a fourth liner. Um, and with all this going on, I, I can't see him coming back uh, to the Bruins, especially during their centennial season when they're, they're celebrating the history of the team. Uh, it's just a... Uh, not necessary to even bring him back if if this was cleared up uh, based on the reports yeah it's uh he's only on a one year contract not enough time for everything to kind of uh fall into place for him to come back so so I don't expect him to come back anytime soon as far as on the ice you mentioned the win over Montreal still only one regulation loss mm-hmm. and here we are approaching american thanksgiving what has been the the biggest reason for this surprise start i mean people thought the bruins would be good mm-hmm. but not this good no i mean it's it's crazy to think that they had the record breaking season last year there were some questions coming into last season about Brad Marchand being injured Charlie McAvoy being injured uh and they still went out and had that record breaking season coming into this year expectations were you know that they would regress obviously from last year and how they would withstand the loss of Bergeron, Krejci, Taylor Hall, a bunch of guys who left that they had picked up before the trade deadline. But somehow they just keep uh, they keep going. You know, David Pasternak is proving to be one of the best players in the NHL and, and creating offense uh, on his own, which is great to see. He's on a career uh, track in terms of goals and assists for the season, so he's helping set up some plays. Uh, Charlie McAvoy, all-world defenseman on the back end, is a huge bonus for the Bruins. The goaltending, though, is is certainly the biggest reason why they are able to compete. Uh, last year, Jennings Trophy winning tandem in Linus Allmark, Jeremy Swayman. Allmark led the league in pretty much all categories. And now it's kind of reversed where Swayman is leading the league in save percentage, goals against the average. And Linus Olmark is still very, very good, uh, but not quite at that level. And, you know, a lot of NHL teams, um, they have one legit starter and then a backup that they try to plug in to, to fill some holes. You look at Tampa, they lose Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, struggled to, as much as Jonas Johansson has been able to step in there not the numbers that you would you would want for sure. And, and the Bruins have the luxury of putting out a Vesna winner and a Vesna candidate every single night. And there's no nights off for the opposition uh, in terms of Boston's goaltending. And that's 
Uh, if I had to pick one reason why the Bruins are as good as they are, um, it's that. And Jim Montgomery's system is certainly helping the goalies succeed night in and night out. And it gives the the skaters the confidence to to be able to do their thing, knowing that if there is a misstep, they're covered uh, in net uh, with with both of those elite level goaltenders. And those goalies seem to have a very, very constructive relationship between mm-hmm. the two of them. Yeah, definitely. There's no uh, there's no animosity there whatsoever. Quite the opposite. In fact, it's quite a, a, a bromance between between those two guys. They're fine rotating. It's been an equal split, even rotation this year. Uh, each guy knows the expectations. They're supportive of the other. They celebrate each other's wins, and uh, it, it's really a special relationship that they have uh, for sure. All right, Ian, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find the podcast and where they can find you on social media? Definitely. Uh, podcast is available on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube at Locked On Boston Bruins. And people can find me at Ian C. McLaren. All right, Ian, always a pleasure. I know you'll keep us up to date on all things Bruins all season long. Definitely. Thanks, Gil. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. It is my great pleasure to welcome back to the show a familiar face to Locked On NHL viewers and a familiar voice to Locked On NHL listeners, Erica L. Ayala of Locked On Kraken. And uh, Erica, finally, two wins in a row for the Kraken. What's been the difference in these last two one-goal wins? I think the Seattle Kraken have gotten back to the type of hockey that has been their bread and butter in two and a quarter seasons, <laughs> just about a quarter. Um, and that has been being a lunch pail, blue collar, by committee team. We're seeing players really step it up when it comes to the physicality. I know that you and I, Gil, have talked on our respective shows about players like our leading uh, scorer, Jared McCann, mixing it up and putting on big hits. And we've also seen some of our forwards, our more finesse forwards, step up and really get into shooting lanes and and block pucks at opportune moments to really relieve some of that pressure that our goaltenders have had to absorb because we were giving away breakaways, because we were pinching too much defensively, and then really just giving too much time and too much space to our opponents. So by getting back to a complete team game by everyone buying in to playing a a, a checking, an aggressive checking game, an aggressive um, defensive game so that we can win back possession. That's when we started to see the tide turn for the Kraken. 
Got to ask you about Vince Dunn. He is off to a great start this season. What is making his game so effective right now? And again, you and I have talked about this on Locked on Kraken, but Vince Dunn, we knew, came in with a big contract. I do think that, or we re-signed him, I should say, and I do think that knowing that he's here for a while, knowing that the Seattle Kraken were able to get to an agreement with him has put a little bit more emphasis on his whole game being more well-rounded he was definitely an offensive powerhouse for us last year but now I'm starting to see the leadership not just by what he's individually doing but by being a true leader on this team for the Seattle Kraken and that not only not I should say not only has he been able to match the type of performance that we expect from him especially coming off of last season but now he's able to help some especially some of the younger players and not just defensemen do that as well so for my money I think it's the intangibles of what Vince Dunn is doing from a leadership perspective including he's even said while he was mic'd up that he's uh approaching chirping a little bit differently he said he's not the guy that's going to be yelling on the ice it didn't really work work for him last year he said his pims were higher than he wanted so he's trying to be more cool calm and collected and that's definitely showing What about the power play? He seems to really be very effective at quarterbacking that power play. Absolutely. And that goes back to the identity that the Seattle Kraken want to have. We do need to play through our defenders. In our inaugural season, we didn't see that very much. We saw our defenders being kind of more stay at home. And Vince Dunn, that's not really his game. Things broke out for him when he had a little bit more freedom, when he was getting up in the play. And again, it goes back to that everyone all in or even by committee. And so when you have players that are really uh, buying into making sure that they they are occupying space that their teammates just evacuated players like Vince Dunn and especially our blue liners when they hop up in the play that makes good things happen and Vince Dunn that's his game so having him be able to do that when we have the skater advantage we've been able to see success on the power play had to ask you about Maddie Beneers we talked about him uh, on our crossover episode last week but he seems to be playing a little better the last few games. What have you seen from him? For me, Matty Beneers was always focused on the right things. The results just weren't coming. I think Matty Beneers continues to be that player who's a great puck hunter for us. He's the, the prototype. When I say playing in all three zones, playing that possession, checking game, it doesn't always work out for him, and he's still learning how to uh, work on gaps and his spacing and whatnot, particularly so he can be even more of an asset for us defensively. But I think what's happened now is it's just the same old song as we said the other day but as everyone else is really understanding and nailing their assignments that provides more pressure on the defense they can't just focus on Maddie Beneers they can't just focus on Vince Dunn and good luck if all you're going to do is focus on uh uh you know those guys now they have to worry about everyone else the puck possession moving and so that opens up seams Oh my gosh, Jordan Eberly absolutely sold out below the goal line in the corner on a four check to set Manny Beneers up for a one-time shot just the other night to get us a really big win in uh, against a division opponent in Vancouver. That to me epitomizes, again, not just the style of play that's been successful for the Kraken, but why we're seeing Manny Beneers be more successful. 
Talk to me about the goaltending. It seems to be a little inconsistent, although obviously that may have to do with the defense the team is or is not playing in front of them. But how concerned are you about the the start that the goaltenders have had this year? I actually haven't been as concerned. You're always focused on goaltending because those numbers are, are very cut and dry. You know, they're, they're right out there for you. But again, as we've talked about a few times, it has been the defensive assignments, the blown defensive assignments, giving breakaway opportunities. But what I will say is, and I think Philip Grubauer has taken, I don't want to say this in a positive way, but he's taken uh, a positive approach in the competition that he's gotten from Joey Decord, who's a very good puck moving goaltender. And what we've seen is Philip Grubauer, although that's not his game, he's not going to, you know, jailbreak one of our forwards, you know, but what he can do is be very active with his stick. And we have seen Philip Grubauer, even against the Islanders, he had an active stick and he saved at least two goals by being able to cut uh, uh, cut um, the passing lanes for, again, in the case of the Islanders, and be proactive in that way. We o- haven't always seen at least the Kraken version of Philip Grubauer do that. So I like that he's doing that. I like that he's um, maybe not evolving his game, but he's definitely elevating his game. He wants to be the number one goaltender. We want him to be the number one goaltender. And that's a way that he can do um, and he can impact the game positively, just as Joey Decord does when he's able able to shuffle the puck. All right. So how optimistic are you that this team can get back to where they were or even close to where they were a year ago in the way they're playing? I'm optimistic in just our second two game win streak of the season, because especially against Vancouver, we saw the Seattle Kraken take control of the pace of the game. They weren't waiting for the game to come to them. They went and attacked Vancouver, still lost a lead. So we got to work on that, but at least we got a multi-goal lead late in the game. And those are things that we can build upon. There were times times early on and it was early but I I I wasn't um questioning if we could find the fire but I was questioning when we would find the fire that we needed to play the way that we play best and who was going to step up to usher that in. You have to weather the storms. Everyone knows that still early in the season, but I am hopeful because the attitude, the commitment to crack in hockey was on high display in an OT shootout win. We haven't had a shootout win, I think since our first season. And then again, in a, and not a must win game, but a very important win against a divisional opponent who's top two in in the Pacific Division against Vancouver. All right, uh, Erica, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? For sure. Well, if you want to know my thoughts on the soft leak of the winter classic jerseys, very bizarre. You can find me, of course, at Locked on Kraken. We're on YouTube, anywhere you listen to audio podcasts, and you can follow the show on social media at Locked on Kraken. Erica, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gil. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. A player on your favorite team could score 50 goals. Your team could hoist the Stanley Cup and you can win big playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. 
Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, or McKinnon will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, or more in a given game. To win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, NHL fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey on sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you could start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL. And you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Well, the Washington Capitals are on a four-game winning streak. They are now in the thick of the hunt for first place in the Metropolitan Division. And Dan Holmey of Locked On Capitals joins us to discuss that. Dan What's been the big difference between the slow start and the very solid play we've seen from the Caps recently? Well, it's the integration of youth on this team. We're finally seeing a lot of these young players that we've heard about for so many years uh, finally get production. If we take a look at the game last night, the third line in particular, Sonny Milano-Protis and Hendricks Lapierre all stepping up and playing a huge role. And I think that ultimately it was just uh, Spencer Carberry's systems uh, needed to get rolled out and integrated. I think there was still a lot of uh, Peter Laviolette's old systems in their heads rolling around, but they're buying into the system, they're blocking shots, and they're getting really great net minding from Charlie Lindgren, who is the backup uh, for Darcy Kemper. What has Lindgren been able to do, and, and is there a chance he, will they ride the hot hand, or may he even take over as the starter? It's sure looking that way that he will be the starter for now on. And Spencer Carberry said, he goes, I know the optics on this are kind of weird that Darcy Kemper is the guy just based on the fact of his pedigree, how much we're paying him and all that kind of thing. But this Capitals team is in win now mode. Uh, if you take a look at it, they want to make the most of the Alex Ovechkin era. You're already starting to see players from that era kind of peel off and fade away. If you look at Nick Backstrom, who stepped away from hockey indefinitely. Um, so that is what they're hoping for. Uh, but Charlie Lindgren playing a huge role on this team. Uh, there's a bit of caution here for me, though, because he did this last December when Darcy Kemper got injured, played really lights out for four weeks and then kind of fell off. So I'm hoping that they can get sustained uh, productivity and really great net minding from Charlie Lindgren for more than just four weeks. Yeah, that obviously is a key to sustaining this. You mentioned Alex Ovechkin and the Alex Ovechkin era. And, you know, what was it a week or two ago? He only had two goals. Now he's up to five goals, 12 points. What has he been doing better since the slow start to his season? You know, to be honest with you, he's getting goals. Uh, he got the goal uh, last night. Uh, he came off the bench and scored the goal. But a lot of those goals that are being scored are empty netters. Still not true Alex Ovechkin hockey where he could score them on demand. Uh, listen, I, I don't know if Father Time is catching up with him or that, uh, you know, teams are doing a lot of pre-scouting, but it seemed for so many years that him setting up from the left dot was just untouchable. Goalies, even as much as they tried to prepare for it, they couldn't do it. Uh, so he is stepping up, but he's contributing in other ways. He is uh, helping uh, getting assists and getting involved in scoring opportunities, that kind of 
thing. I'm hoping uh, that he steps, he's going to step up his game a little bit more. Someone should tell him he's chasing it down Wayne Gretzky. Uh, but if we take a look at it here, he has 827 goals, 68 until he catches the great one. I ultimately think he can do it, but uh, he's got to keep scoring goals on a consistent basis. I still think that there might be an underlying injury or something like that that we might find out later. Something still just seems a little bit off, but we're hoping for more from Alex Ovechkin. The power play has been a problem all season long, uh, ranked near the bottom of the league. What's out of sync with the power play and what can be done to fix it? You know, it's uh, it's too bad they don't have a coach, Spencer Carberry, that ran the number two power play in all of the NHL with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I know that that's not his job per se. Uh, it just seems that uh, it's kind of predictable. It, it seems that, you know, we were happy that it was a new coaching staff. It just doesn't seem that they're getting the right production. The guys are lining up in the right spot. Some people think that they should you know, give Alex Ovechkin, you know, different spots out on the ice instead of constantly setting up from that left dot just to kind of shake up the snow globe and give different looks. I think that the power play is still a bit predictable at this point. Give me a, a name of a player who may not be making headlines nationally right now, but is quietly doing a great job that has helped the Capitals with this recent win streak. Well, if we take a look at it recently, like Hendrix Lapierre last night, who got his opportunity just based on the fact that Evgeny Kuznetsov was ill and he really stepped up and had a huge night for the Capitals last night, had a goal and two assists. A guy that, uh, you know, has been in the Capitals organization, a young guy, but has been on the in the organization for some time and really made it the most of his opportunity. Uh, I would say him and also uh, Connor McMichael uh, pops off the page as well. Uh, like I said, it's an interesting Capitals team this year. It's not the marquee names that you're used to hearing. It's the, you know, it's the bottom six. And that is who's getting all the production. And the keys to the success are a lot of the youth. Nick Dowd returned from an injury where he missed a substantial amount of time on uh dylan strome uh dylan strome is who leads the capitals and goals which is a pretty familiar name i guess i gotta say but he is a guy that is playing much better than i think anyone thought a guy that was not given a qualifying offer from the chicago blackhawks who has played a huge huge role on this team what are the keys to sustaining this recent success? I mean, you're not going to win the rest of your games, but to be consistently winning hockey games, what does this Capitals team need to do? Well, the big thing is, is, to, is to continue to – you'll have to forgive me, my daughter's right here – is to continue to get really great – is to get really great success from the Capitals netminder, Charlie Lindgren, um, and I think that that's a big thing. But also – to continue to get the great production from the bottom six, which has been huge on this team so far. And, you know, as far as Dylan Strome, I mean, he was off to a red hot start. I think he had six goals in like the first two weeks of the season. He sort mm -hmm. of cooled off a little in the goal scoring department. Is he doing other things that are helping this team succeed right now? Yeah. And he's getting a great assist on goals as well. He's putting himself in a place to succeed. Um, and, you know, you're just seeing the long history and him being in the league for such a long time. His experience uh, is really starting to show what kind of great hockey player is. Um, but just, you know, his shot is just undeniable. And he was playing on the top line 
uh, for quite some time uh, with Alex Ovechkin and there, there was TJ Oshie and Tom Wilson up there. Um, but he really excelled when he's given a lot of responsibility. He's a guy that has really uh, risen to the challenge uh, for this team. And I think that, you know, if, if we can continue to see a lot of great production from Dylan Strom uh, and the bottom six, I think that that is the secret sauce for the capital success. Also, uh, for Charlie Lindgren to continue uh, to keep uh, being just a backstop in net for the Capitals. Yeah, I mean, he he really has looked outstanding in, in recent weeks. How confident are you that he will keep this up? I think that he will. You know, uh, you, we can't always look at life or hockey as a carbon copy that it's got to repeat itself just because last year uh, he, uh, you know, was only good for four weeks. I, he has done nothing to show me that it's going to falter. The Capitals are in a bit of an interesting position, however, is that their number three netminder, Hunter Shepard, who was the MVP of the Calder Cup for the Hershey Bears that won the Calder Cup last year, could definitely be a backup for the Capitals right now. So they have a, just a plethora of different options for netminding. So, you know, one of the things that I know about Darcy Kemper is he's prone to being bit by the injury bug. Just historically, whether it's his fault or it isn't his fault, the real luxury that the Capitals have right now is that Charlie Lindgren is just lights out. But Hunter Shepard uh, has been uh, lights out uh, either with the Hershey Bears or the Capitals, and it goes all the way back to his playing days at the University of Minnesota Duluth. Uh, so just uh, a really, uh, again, just a really pleasant surprise that everyone is stepping up the net minding, uh, the bottom six, these young guys. This has been something that I've talked about for years um, is that this team needs to get younger and we're finally seeing it for the first time um, you know with these young players from Hershey Connor McMichael Hendricks Lapierre Beck Malenstein uh, Hardy Hamanoktel Alex Alexiev just I'm really proud of these young guys that have stepped up and kind of changed the narrative of this Capitals of just being this old geriatric team um, but it's a team that's working together. If you take a look back at the 2018 Capitals when they won the Stanley Cup, it wasn't just young. It wasn't just old guys. It was a team working together. So I think that Ovechkin, you can kind of see a look of pride on his face when he sees the young guys doing really well. Um, but I think they could also learn some things from Alex Ovechkin, of course. So I think it's a perfect marriage. And I, I think the sky's the limit for the Capitals this year. They started the season one, three, and one. And now if you take a look at the record now, they have just been rolling. Uh, they're in second place in the Metro, uh, eight, one, and one in their last 10. Uh, if, if, I can't believe it. Uh, you know, if someone had asked me in the beginning of the season if I thought this was possible, I thought that they were going down before they were going to go up, but has just really turned it on. I'm really proud of this team. And uh, again, I'm, I'm excited at the pro prospect of where they'll end up. Dan, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? So the podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. It's also available on YouTube, of course. Just look for Locked On Capitals. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. Or you can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. All right, Dan, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thank you. All right, I want to thank my guests, Ian McLaren of Locked On Boston Bruins, Erica Eliala of Locked On Kraken, and Dan Holmey of Locked On Capitals. I'm Gil Martin. I host the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast, and I co-host the Friday edition with Rachel Donner. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are here every dayers, Monday through Friday, bringing you the biggest stories 
from around the National Hockey League. Until tomorrow, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thank you for listening to and watching the Locked On NHL podcast.